Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quick and Load Studios. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way, providing a seamless mortgage experience. It's the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio, 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. Send the tweets, send the hot takes, at Ken Carmen, C-A-R-M-A-N. And there are times, America, there are times where you start to think and a ball in your head, ideas, the ball in your head starts to starts to roll and it starts to build and it starts to build and then all of a sudden it goes at a record pace, at neck-breaking speed and then you hit some sort of thought where this isn't, this isn't something that's, that's overwhelmingly profound. I, I wouldn't say that. But I couldn't help but think this week well, I was watching some of these games back from week two and watching Drew Brees struggle. And out of watching Drew Brees struggle, it, it, it started to become an epiphany. Because I'm watching an old quarterback struggle and there's a conversation to be had, and we will have that conversation a little bit later on. Is Drew Brees, is Drew Brees at the end? Is this a guy who can finish this season? Sam Monson's going to join us at 10.40 a.m. Eastern. Sam Monson from Pro Football Focus. According to what I saw, I didn't see it in real time. I think Sam Monson said something like, replace him now, put Jameis Winston in there, boom, go. It's like, oh, boy. Because, hey, I saw Monday night, Monday night wasn't good. I don't know if I'm going to go that far, but we'll have Sam on coming up at 10.40 a.m. Eastern. We'll see what he has to say about it. But I, I watch that game, and then I see I see Tennessee, and I, Ryan Tannehill, I keep waiting for the other shoe to drop, and I think a lot of fans do too. I think a lot of people are wondering, all right, when's this? Come on. He wasn't that good in Miami. When's this all going to end? Let, let's go. Come on. Four touchdowns, no interceptions, taking care of the football, good running game. Tennessee's right back where they belong. And it looks, it looks now, now Tennessee's been an odd team. Tennessee's gone 9-7 and seven four straight years. No one grinds it out on their leather ass like Mike Vrabel and the Tennessee Titans. And I thought they might have that type of a season. But so far, the offense looks good. The defense has been a, de- a decent enough standard. They've been all right down in Tennessee. And they grind out wins. And so, so far, it's been okay. And I watch Ryan Tannehill, and I continue to say, when are you going to fail? When is that going to happen? And Ryan Tannehill, even though he had a really good game, it's not where we're going to put him back up in the upper echelon. I'm not, I'm not explaining that yet. I don't expect that yet out of him. But I watch Mike Vrabel, and I start to think, and I and I stare. I stare at the games, and I watch, and I go, how? How? This is great coaching. This is a good job. This is a team that trusts this guy. They're with this guy. It's very rare in the NFL you get this type of trust out of a coach. That's what Vrabel has out of his players. There's a lot of things that people like out of him. What is the secret? 
and then Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee unlocks that secret. And my mind starts racing. Because time is always of the essence in the NFL. I look at Tannehill. Stay with me on this because it went to a weird place earlier this week, America. Tannehill minus time equals success. I felt like Russell Crowe. I wanted to write it all over my room. Tannehill minus time equals success. I look elsewhere. Watching Washington against Arizona. Should be a win for Arizona. Not just a win for Arizona, but now with the injuries that the 49ers have sustained, I thought somebody has to lose some of those games in that division. I couldn't see the Rams going quietly so far. I'm right about that. They're 2-0. and They've looked good. It, it seems that Jared Goff has had himself a renaissance so far. It's still early. We'll see. But so far, I was right about it. But if the 49ers are going to have injuries and they're going to have a malaise, it looks like Arizona could be a possible playoff team, a rightly so playoff team in that division. And that's maybe the toughest division in the entire NFL. Seattle, San Francisco, the Cardinals, you know it. It's tough. The Rams are right there at 2-0. and And you watch Kyler Murray's success. And I got to give Steve Kime credit. A couple of years ago, I was saying, and this is all connected to Ryan Tannehill in a way, because my mind started going to different places like a, like a spider web. I have to give Steve Kime, Steve Kime credit. I don't want to. I didn't want to two years ago. I thought Steve Kime should have been fired. I thought what he did was reckless. And there were people who got in and said, well, Ken, it's the Bidwells. It's it, it, The ownership made that decision. I go, okay, yeah, but usually you see somebody is used as a scapegoat. Usually it would be the general manager. I'll give the Cardinals credit for keeping him around. And I thought it was a crazy, I thought it was a desperate move to hold on to your job, to hold on to what you were doing, to bring in Cliff Kingsbury, a guy who had never had any real success in college football. His offense was always good, but never had real success in college football. Putting him with a 5'10 quarterback, at best, a 5'10 quarterback, I didn't know if that was going to be successful. And here are the Cardinals. And Kyler Murray, he moves. His feet are great. You never really know where he's going. He gets tackled every now and then. Yeah, he gets found out every now and then. Chase Young got to him last week. Every now and then he gets he gets swallowed up. If he stops those feet, there's trouble. But that offense is moving. And Arizona looks like a better, much better football team than where they've been. In just a couple of short years, Steve Kime, instead of saying, all right, we took this guy in the top ten, we took this guy in a spot where we need to invest in him, he made that change. And all of a sudden, I looked at Tannehill, and then I saw Murray, and I saw Rosen, and then the cosmic tumbler started to click. Because now you're seeing Kyler Murray's success. And because it once was done before, before this was an argument just made by Sports Talk Radio Show fans and Sports Talk Radio Show hosts. If you don't think a quarterback's working out, why give him time? Just go to the next one. So many times people have been wondering, well, you know, we – we drafted this quarterback, and it feels like we've been sold this bill of goods. This guy is not what we thought he was going to be. And if we only would have been bad at this time the next year, even though you're still bad. Arizona decided to squeeze that trigger. Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee gets that opportunity. Mike Vrabel decided to squeeze that trigger and put Tannehill over Marcus Mariota. Who? The guy that they invested in. And so now you have these emerging markets on either side that will eventually come together. 
put Tannehill up on one side in your head, put Kyler Murray on the other side in your head. And think about this with me, because now when you have Kyler Murray and you have Ryan Tannehill, what you're going to do is you're going to give people ideas. I was listening to WFAN in New York earlier this week. I heard Joe and Evan arguing about the Giants or Jets and who's going to get Trevor Lawrence. Sam Darnold year three, Daniel Jones year two. Gase, garbage, get him out. Connection to Tannehill. One-hit wonder head coach with Peyton Manning. And what I mean by that is he's a former offensive coordinator, gets an opportunity because of Peyton Manning, and has done nothing with the exception of one season where they did get to the playoffs, if I'm not mistaken, has done nothing but been a disappointment and has been fodder for the back pages of, of the New York Times or the New York Post, has been nothing but a gag for the rest of the NFL. And Sam Darnold's days with the New York Jets might be numbered three years in. Number three overall pick. The Giants, Saquon Barkley, the number two overall pick in that same draft. He goes down. Daniel Jones, he's a draft pick a couple of years later. Now year two. I think that Joe Judge should probably be safe. He he looks like he's running a professional organization. They're just not good. But Dave Gettleman might be in trouble. And you're giving people ideas. Because now, why wait? The new emerging QB market is right there. And it starts to make people think that you can take a guy who previously you would have invested four or five or six years in, and you can go, nope, we'll trade up, we'll be aggressive, we'll take another quarterback, and if that guy fails, we'll just throw the baby out with the bathwater and we'll get another one. It gives people ideas, and sometimes wild and bad ones, but you see in the case of Arizona so far, so very, very good. Earlier this week, because it makes me think where earlier this week, Doug Peterson, he was asked a question about Carson Wentz's struggles. This is what this is what Doug Peterson had to say about Carson Wentz and about possibly moving on. You know, it's a good question. Um, you know, for us, it's a matter of continuing to work, continuing, you know, uh, I think I think as coaches and players, we continue to strive to get better every single day. You know, I, I just don't want Carson to feel like he has to make all the plays every single time. I just want him to, to just be Carson. Didn't say no. Wants him to be Carson. Doesn't probably want to go to Jalen Hurts just yet, but, you know, when you take a guy in the second round, that wasn't a six-round quarterback. That was a second-round guy. This, this This isn't Taysom Hill. You took Jalen Hurts in the second round. There's something in the back of somebody's mind, whether it be Roseman or Peterson, one of those guys, there's somebody in the back of their mind that going... This guy either doesn't have the wherewithal to stand up to the punishment in this league or this guy might not have it. And we got to be ready for it because we cannot go out there and suck up the room. We are not going to do that. Jalen Hurts has been a good leader. He's had a strong arm. He does need a lot of coaching, certainly, to play in the NFL. That's certainly understood. But Doug Peterson has proven before he's a great offensive mind. Peterson, Peyton, Reich, Shanahan, Nagy, McVay, is it all their fault? Is it the coach's fault? Maybe. But is it the tool's fault? Is it the person at the controls of those tools? Because now I have a guy like Ryan Tannehill who goes on and he finds new life with good coaching, a defensive guy, by the way. Now, Arthur Smith might be a head coach in the NFL by this time next year, but but he's found good coaching. He's found a great system. 
that takes care of him, that he's able to, because he has a little bit of time, he's had, he's had a chance to breathe with a change of scenery. How many times have we heard that? Has a chance to breathe with a change of scenery, has been able to take advantage of the weapons that have been stowed upon him, and they've been able to win football games and go to the playoffs and make a good run in the previous playoffs. But that was last year. This is this year. We'll see how it goes. And then you have the other one with Kyler Murray. Young, brash, we make no apologies. If you couldn't hack it, if you're the previous head coach, if you're the previous quarterback, we move on in Arizona. New coach, new quarterback, away we go. And that might end up being the standard for a lot of fans because a lot of fans have wanted to do that for a long time. That's not saying anything. But for teams, if this is proven in Arizona, we talk about it being a copycat league all the time. How many teams want to do it? Folks, we have a new emerging quarterback market right on our very hands. Peyton, Reich, Peterson, Shanahan, McVay, Nagy, those guys. And there's going to be new quarterbacks with Trevor Lawrence, Spence out of North Dakota State. Again, I know you can make all your jokes about Wentz 2.0. I'm not going to hear it. Justin Fields. There will be other young guys who are coming out subsequent years. And then you think of Wentz and Trubisky and Haskins and Mariota, who's on the IR. But there's something that maybe John Gruden, and hey, I, I call John Gruden a glorified TV show host, but the guy's been pretty good. Let's be serious about this. Winston, who's in New Orleans. Maybe even Derek Carr, if it doesn't work out. In Las Vegas with the way things are going, Who I don't think it won't, but if the way things have been seen historically, I couldn't say that Derek Carr is out of the woods yet. Dan Orlovsky was on 92.3, the fan in Cleveland. Great analyst out of ESPN. Not so great quarterback, but he makes a joke about that in his own right. But a great mind for offense. Dan Orlovsky, if we're talking about all these other quarterbacks, you don't think I'm going to beat around the bush and not mention Baker Mayfield. He said his fate could be decided within the next month. Hit it. Listen, playing in the NFL is really hard. So anytime you play well, you tip the cap, right? But then the expectation was at a certain place before this season started. And so after a game where you go, man, that's that's the guy. That's the offense, right? right? Then you go, that, that standard and expectation will rise up. I can tell you this. He's going to play well against Dallas. Their defense is a sieve. Um, and then the, the, the following two weeks, it's Indy and then who? And Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah, so Indy's defense, Baker's going to get tested with how quickly he's thinking. That's what Indy's defense is going to do to him. How quickly are you thinking? Because they are going to force you to play really fast. They got a good, explosive defensive line, and they dominated Minnesota last week, especially Buckner. I think the reason why I feel relatively good about the Indy game and, and confident in it is because I think the strength of this football team is, is starting to trend toward its offensive line. And as long as you feel that you can block those four guys in Indy, you should be able to get the ball in your hands and play well. The Pittsburgh game, that's the one. Right now, Pittsburgh's defense is the fastest in the NFL. Their, their team speed on defense on tape is absolutely ridiculous. Um, T.J. Watt's the best defensive player in football right now. Uh, Dupree wow. and him on their first step wow. nuts. So, uh, and they're, they're – they, it almost feels like they blitz every single play. So yeah, I, I agree with you there. Baker to play well against Dallas and Indy, but Pittsburgh will be the one. Open the palm of your hand. Add Mayfield to the list. 
put him in the palm of your hand with Darnold, with Wentz, with Trubisky, with Haskins, with Winston, with Mariota, maybe even Derek Carr if you want to put him in there. And then on the other hand, Reich, Peterson, Shanahan, Nagy, McVay, Peyton, those names that I said. How many of those make sense for those relationships? guy like Sean Payton, he's been around the block a time or two. Maybe he doesn't necessarily want to bring in a brand-new rookie quarterback. Maybe he doesn't have time. Maybe his team's not going to be bad enough. Maybe he doesn't want to give up those draft picks to go out and give a, get and trade up for one of those big guys. But a guy like Mike Vrabel, who's also a good football coach, took a guy that we all lost faith in in Ryan Tannehill. We all thought was yesterday's garbage in Ryan Tannehill. He's turned him into a very solid top-end franchise, yes, underline the term, franchise quarterback with the Tennessee Titans. We are on the precipice of finally cracking the normalcy with what we've learned with quarterbacking in the NFL. No longer do we take a guy, plant him in, play him probably too early, plant him in and let him go out there and fail for the next three, four, five, six seasons. We move on. Folks, the days, and I know one of these guys has actually had success and played in a Super Bowl, the days of Matt Ryan and Matt Stafford are numbered. Guys who put up tremendous yards, have great stats, but don't pay off in the end. We are looking at a bygone era right in front of our very eyes. If you don't provide what needs to be provided, and it doesn't have to be overwhelming stats. Lamar Jackson doesn't have a billion passing yards. He's the MVP of the league. Patrick Mahomes probably could hand the ball off, and Kansas City will be perfectly fine making the postseason this year. They're a good football team. Mahomes makes them a hell of a lot better. We are looking at an era now of quarterbacking where you're going to have less time to develop guys, you're going to have less time with head coaches. This puts more pressure on head coaches to, to get their guy, to develop that guy. And if that, that head coach has gravitas, a guy like Peyton, like I just said, a guy like Peterson, who's won a Super Bowl, Frank Reich, who they wanted him in Indy to bring in, and they've tried a couple of different things after Andrew Luck retired. They believe in those coaches. It's going to take a lot to unseat those coaches. Why wait? Reich's good. Take another young guy, see if you can grow with him. Sam Darnold, we saw the highlights over the weekend. They got their asses kicked, and Sam Darnold looks like a wounded puppy. But you saw some of the highlights this weekend. Tell me he wouldn't look okay in a New Orleans Saints jersey or an Indianapolis Colts jersey or, God forbid, a Philadelphia Eagles jersey. Would it all be over for Sam Darnold? 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. The old versus the new, and Tannehill isn't even that old. Murray, the very beginning of something new, fun, and exciting for NFL players, for, excuse me, for NFL fans, something new and fun for all the fans out there of this league, and a guy like Ryan Tannehill who has to remind you every single week that this is still a thinking man's game that's mixed with brute force, that's mixed with mano a mano machismo. He reminds you that every single week with his head coach in Mike Vrabel. These two meet, and where we are at in 2020 and beyond is a new quarterback market in the NFL. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. I'll simplify it. You heard those young guys. Mayfield, Wentz, Trubisky, 
Haskins, Trubisky and Haskins, it seems easy. Who are some of the young guys who could lose their jobs the earliest? 855-2124-CBS. We get to you guys next. Sam Monson at 1040. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. That's CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line. It's brought to you by the fine folks at GEICO. Right now, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. Also, you get that extra 15% credit on motorcycle, car, RV, the whole thing. They're fantastic folks over there at Geico. Take advantage. Visit them online, geico.com. Also, their latest series of commercials with the ants. Pierno, I don't know if you've seen that. The, the ants, it's great. I have not seen it. The ants are great. They got this new thing with ants. It's like they're, like the house, like, okay, we got a bit of a rat problem, and they have the band Rat there. And then they said we have an ant problem, and they have a bunch of ants there. I actually thought it was really good. You know I'm a big fan of rat, as as would be expected. But the ants one is a very good one, too. Have you Just, seen Ants the movie? No. You never saw the animated Disney animated no, no, movie? I, ants? Oh, that movie? No, I never saw that. When you said ants, for some odd reason in my head popped up Chud. Now, it's not uh, A Bug's Life is Better. That's from Pixar. That was the yeah, battle yeah. back yeah, in 1998. Yeah, I didn't, Ants no. versus A Bug's Life. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you. I'm not, no. Even with kids, no. It's just, no. It's not going to happen. But there are some of those those movies I've seen. Is Ants a good movie, though? Should I see Ants? Yeah, it's fine. But right. A Bug's Life is much better. All right, we'll figure it out. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. Sam Monson joins us coming up at 1040 a.m. Eastern. Uh, out of the new emerging QB market, I've laid it all out, and I know it's complicated. It, it takes a lot of math, a lot of strategy, all that different stuff. But I think when I look at when – I, when I see Kyler Murray in Arizona and Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee, there's going to be a market of guys who I think are going to be not given up on too soon. It's just – it's not a right fit. There is – I think there's going to be such a thing in the NFL as – this isn't the right fit. This isn't the right time. And I'm actually glad for it because then we might see some actual responsible ownership and front office work and coaching, something that's responsible. I mean, Baker Mayfield, if Baker Mayfield ends up being a failure in Cleveland and moves on and ends up having great success, we'll change that entire narrative of things. I ripped Baker Mayfield to shreds last week. I don't think he's been the leader he was supposed to be. I think he's been pompous. I think he's talked a lot of trash. I think he's I think he's punched down. He has talked to college-age players, and, and when your team is Oklahoma and you're better than 99% of the teams out there, you can say whatever you want. When you're in the NFL and you're taking over for a team that hasn't won a division championship since 1989, you better go out there and be humble and earn your respect, and he didn't do that. But we'll change that narrative. If Baker Mayfield ends up being let go in Cleveland and they go somewhere else with him, or they or they go somewhere else at quarterback and he goes somewhere else, say he ends up in the hands of a Doug Peterson and he goes out there and he has success. We'll look at it and we'll go, well, Cleveland, gosh, four coaches in three years. The Browns, that ownership over the last decade now, the, 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 the revolving door at general managers, how could he have had success? If Sam Darnold, and Sam Darnold's looked good, too, at times. He looks Again, he looks like a wounded puppy. I'm not backing off of that. But if Sam Darnold goes out there and, and he gets let go by the Jets because they end up naturally finishing in a position where they can take a Lawrence or a Fields and they finally get rid of Gase, who has proven himself to be a complete fraud as an NFL head coach, and they go in another direction. 
And they could very well, hey, we, we decided we're going to take this kid out of this school, we're going to match him up with this head coach, and we'll go on and we'll have success. I might be saying good things about the Jets someday. I could end up saying good things about the Browns someday. You could fix yourself. I didn't think I'd ever say good things about the Cardinals again. Here we are. It could happen quickly. And Sam Darnold could end up in a place with a quality, competent coach who knows what the hell he's doing, a guy like Vrabel, a guy who has some power, who hasn't lost trust of things, and say, listen, you have talent. We're going to put you around these guys. We're going to give you a chance to breathe, and then you can take off and go play football. Because you don't need to be. You don't need to throw the world on your shoulders. What these guys have proven, you got to be competent. you got to be able to play well. But it doesn't have to be all on you. The days of Ryan and Stafford, they could be done, my friends. Let me get to Tony in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. You're first up on CBS Sports Radio. Go. Good morning, sir. All right, so I think you're 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 so spot on, I can't even say any more than that. Thank goodness. Here's the difference. The reason why I believe Mike Vrabel is really good is because what he's done is maybe he took it from Belichick, but the sign of a good coach is someone who can put the level of importance and the level of stress individually throughout the entire team, not placing it on one player. Some quarterbacks – like the Falcons, you're going to tie up Matt Ryan with $100 million. But you cannot win in this league with one player, no matter how good you are, and it's been proven. And I think what he's able to do is a good coach is going to basically give you more with what he has mm-hmm. consistently and a sustain- at a sustainable level than other coaches can. And I just think you're right as far as you, you have to bring in a player like Tannehill and basically distribute the entire talent around him to make him better i mean in college we look at kirby what he did with jake Fromm. the program was better than jake Fromm himself which basically elevated his play and i just wanted to get your take on it but i think that's the new normal for sustainable success what what you just you just said it the best way there tony and thank you very much for the call he mitigates stress he mitigates stress Vrabel, put it on me, put it on this and then he turns around and he takes that stress and he tries to turn it into something else you saw in Vrabel's first year Let's go for it. Fourth and goal. Let's do it. We're here to win. We're not here to tie and play for overtime. Let's go. We're professionals over here. And what Tennessee has done is over his time with them, they've bought into his system and they play for him because they know they can trust him. He played the game, which in a lot of cases, I don't know if that makes a difference. It's still trust, and you can gain certainly gain a lot of trust without playing at a high level, but I'm not going to lie. It doesn't help for Mike Vrabel. It does help for Mike Vrabel. He played the game at a high level. He, he knows what goes through players' minds. They can trust each other. They play for him. There may be a time, because it's professional football where they, they have injuries, they run out of good players, they make some bad decisions in the front office here and there, and his time may come to an end. It's still the pros. But Mike Vrabel has done a hell of a job as a head coach, and what he does is exactly what Tony says. He mitigates stress. Let me get to David in Buffalo. David, you're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead. Hey, Ken. Appreciate you taking my call this morning, man. Um, I I think what this is all proving is that there's not one way to play quarterback in the NFL. You know, for so many years we heard you had to have this prototype guy that was 6'5 and threw, threw it from the pocket and then there was a time where it was, oh, you had to have a running quarterback like an RG3 or a Manziel, and you saw how that fad kind of went away. You're seeing that, you know, like you said, coaching is a huge part of this, and the way the organization is structured is a big part of it, too. If you've got the owner doing his thing, the GM and his people doing their thing, and the coaches just coaching and being involved in the day-to-day operations, that's where it has to be. It's a system of checks and balances, and these teams that don't have that, 
um, where, you know, there's fighting, you know, inside the locker room and, you know, there's fighting between the owner and maybe the GM and the coach. Maybe the coach has too much say. Outside of Belichick, we've seen that doesn't really work. Um, you know, it's to me at the end of the day, you know, it's it's a, there's no one way to do it, but you all have to be on the same page at the end of the day to win. Different types of guys, David. Thank you very much for the call. People wanted a prototype, so for a long time there was only one type of quarterback because guys go with what they want with with, with, with what they know. They go with what won't get them fired. There are still so many coaches. You look around the league, you see some of the decisions that are made. You see it every day on a football field. Every Sunday on a football field, how many of your coaches for your favorite team have you accused of coaching not to lose? They all do it. And so if they do it on the field, of course they're going to do it in their real life. They go with what they know. And a prototypical quarterback is something that they could wrap their arms around and say, he may not be the best, but I'm comfortable with this guy. The world of Lamar Jackson and, and maybe even Patrick Mahomes, because Patrick's a hybrid. He can move, but, God, he's got a rocket arm. He could probably throw it out of Arrowhead if he wanted to. Those things are scary. Texas Tech, oh, gosh, he went to Texas Tech. Well, God, the way that offense goes, how many good quarterbacks going? It's scary. And now you have guys kind of hanging them over the fence, letting everybody see the goods. You got guys taking risks, and those risks are paying out, and that might end up being the norm. 855-2124-CBS. Up next, Sam Monson going to join us. Pro Football Focus. He said some strong things about Drew Brees. We'll talk to Sam. And coming up at 11 a.m. Eastern, we'll get the top five subject. And there's going to be two great coaching jobs that have to happen if either one of these guys want to ride off into the sunset. We'll talk about those. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. One hour from now, Jeff Perlman will join us, author of Three Ring Circus, Kobe, Shaq, Phil, and the crazy years of the Lakers dynasty, 11 o'clock Eastern. We'll get the top five subject. Pirano doing a hell of a job, as he always does. A guy who's done a hell of a job at Pro Football Focus. A guy named Sam Monson, who, according to what I'm told, had some strong words about Drew Brees after Monday Night Football. We go to the hotline. We welcome in Sam Monson, Pro Football Focus. Find him on Twitter, at PFF Sam. Sam, how are you? Doing good. How about you? I'm doing wonderful. What did you say about Drew Brees? What did you say? <laughs> I don't know. What did I say? What am I What am I being on the hook for here? As I, I think Drew Brees is in trouble. Um, we've seen this guy late in the last couple of seasons, you know, the guy that's um, struggling with his arm strength that doesn't look the same guy that just that looks like he's cooked. It looks like a 41-year-old quarterback. And early in the season, it's been great. And we haven't had to worry about that guy until December or January or whenever. But he's here in weeks one and two in 2020. And that's, that's pretty terrifying for the Saints, you know, because they've at least been able to ride a few good months of, you know, vintage Drew Brees before that guy shows up. But if he's here out of the gate this season, the one year that they've loaded up for the Super Bowl run, you know, all these guys that have come on, the salary cap hell that they're kicking down the line for the future, all for one last go around with Drew Brees. And Drew Brees isn't really here. Some some other guy is there. Sam Monson joining us on the show. Well, you know, there there is something to, to this here. Now, I, I didn't see what you originally said, Sam, and you know I'm a fan. We've had you on the show a, a bunch of times. That's always been a little bit disturbing for me because there's been times where I've loved what Pro Football Focus has had to say. <laughs> there's been times I've hated what they've had. Um, but I, but I res- obviously I respect your opinion, but it didn't seem to go over well with some folks out there. Is there is there something here where 
Drew Brees is a really well-liked guy, man. You know, and, and to hear maybe the truth about that, it's like saying that Batman just is too old and he needs to hand it off to Robin or something like that. Is that maybe what, what some people are seeing? Maybe they're thinking too much emotionally. I'm an emotional boy. They're thinking too much emo- with their emotions instead of with what they're seeing when it comes to Drew. Yeah, there's definitely a part of that, and and it's understandable. You know, this guy has got so much credit in the bank. You know, a Hall of Fame career built up, um, the entirety of his Saints tenure there, setting records, you know, getting them a Super Bowl win, dragging them to improbable victories, to improbable numbers, uh, scenarios all the way through his career. Nobody wants to look at that and say it's it's not going to happen anymore. Nobody wants to do that, and, you know, it's also it's a really small sample size. We're dealing with two games, and he has had bad stretches in the past. There have been games years ago where his arm looked bad and where he looked cooked, and he's bounced back and he's looked like a different guy. But the older he goes, the less likely it is to be a fluke, to be just something that we're seeing um, in a random two-game sample size, particularly when it's coming off the back of ending the previous season the same way. And that's where it starts to sort of light up as a red flag to me because, you know, explain the difference between this and when Peyton Manning finally hit that cliff where he just got too old to do it anymore because it's the same kind of thing. We saw it coming on the back end of the previous season, and then we, we were maybe hoping he could bounce back once he had a full off season and got healthy again, and it just never came back. It just it was gone. And that feels a lot like what Drew Brees is dealing with right now. And where it gets really complicated for the Saints is that they have viable backup options. You know, they're not in this spot where it's Drew Brees or nothing. You've got Jameis Winston waiting in the wings. You've got Taysom Hill, who whatever anyone else thinks about him, the coaching staff there genuinely seems to think that he has an incredible potential and an incredible future. And if that's true, you're reaching the point where you don't have that much more time of this level of Drew Brees before you have to make a decision. Well, I'd like to know what they're thinking of Taysom Hill. The guy's 30 years old, so I, I, I'd like to know more. But it, Sean Payton sure as hell knows a lot about football, to me, more than football than I do, so I'm going to acquiesce to him. Uh, you mentioned Jameis Winston. You, 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 you mentioned something that I opened to the show with because this is going to be a long explanation. Stay with me here, Sam. I see Kyler Murray. <laughs> they moved right to Kyler Murray in Arizona. Steve Kime wasted no time. And i got to give the guy credit. I hated what he did with Josh Rosen. I, I mean, I was angry. And he moved right on, and it looks like the Cardinals got their future, at least for the now, and they're looking good. And then I see Ryan Tannehill and what he's able to do with good coaching in, in Mike Vrabel in Tennessee. And I'm thinking, we have two markets emerging here. We don't even realize it. Fans always want to go after the new thing. It's it's only natural. But there are good coaches out there that could take quality QBs or what they feel is quality QBs and coach them up, and, and they can find success with them. Could we see that with Jameis Winston? Then I want to ask you a couple of, about a couple of other quarterbacks, but tell me about Jameis. Yeah, I think, look, there's an argument that Jameis Winston was underrated anyway. Everyone looks at the interceptions, looks at the bad plays, and sort of dismisses all the good stuff that he did. But Jameis Winston made a lot of big plays for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's just that they came with all the, <clears throat> with all the negatives as well, and you can argue sort of where that balance actually ends up uh, lying. But in terms of like percentage of positively graded quarterback plays at PFF, he's always been like right amongst the top quarterbacks in the NFL, the very best guy since he's come into the league. It's just that he's also right at the top of percentage of really bad plays, those turnover-worthy plays, whether they're interceptions or fumbles or um, plays that should be intercepted or fumbled. 
Now, if you can just adjust that ratio a little bit, if you can go to a different coach and get him to dial down the bad plays and just cut them just a little bit off, suddenly you've got a really, really good quarterback. The potential for him to jump um, not just a little bit, but massively forward, I think is huge. And I'd be incredibly fascinated to see what Jameis Winston looks like in this offense with Sean Payton, a coach, with what they do with the play calling and the weapons around him. I think there's potential that he could be really, really good in this system. So I'd be all for seeing what that looks like if you get you know, another one or two games out of this caliber of Drew Brees. I got three names for you. Darnold in New York is his days numbered. Yeah, I think they have to be. I mean, it's not, it's not his fault, but he just has no shot. He's got nothing to work with right now. I mean, I was texting Steve Palazzolo, my, uh, my podcast partner, last week and saying, look, the Jets are throwing touchdowns to Braxton Berrios. And now Braxton Berrios is hurt. Like, they're going to be calling guys out of the stands or off the street in a raffle competition to give Sam Darnold receivers this week. Yeah, and I did see Robbie Anderson have a nice catch in week one. So, I mean, he he could have held on to that. Uh, Baker Mayfield, days are numbered, yes or no? Um, No, I don't think so. I I think last week against Cincinnati showed that he's still there. The the caliber of quarterback he can be still exists if you can – make the situation around him good enough. I think, obviously, the Bengals is, is the best situation for that to happen. I think this week will tell us a lot against Washington. They don't have a great secondary, but they can rush the passer, and they can make him uncomfortable in the pocket. If he still is able to hang in there and, and show some accuracy and show some poise in the pocket against that defensive front, then I think he's back in business. Carson Wentz, yes or no, the days are numbered. I don't think they can be numbered. I think we've seen too much good from Carson Wentz in the past, and I think everybody in there in that organization has bought into him. But, man, he's had a rough couple of weeks. And, honestly, you can date that back to the back end of last year as well. It's just that we we sort of dismissed that because he had no receivers then. But it's been a rough stretch for Carson Wentz, and there's really no logic for it. I mean, he's just missing throws that he should make. Sam Monson joining us, Pro Football Focus. Follow him on Twitter at PFF underscore Sam. I want to go back to the old guys, Tom Brady. He looked rough in week one. Uh, it looked like it, it really looked like he and Bruce Arians were off schedule with each other. Week two, it looked better. Is this something that will be successful over time uh, this season in Tampa Bay? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think you're right. Week one, my biggest takeaway was that the, the, the Arians-Tom Brady offense just isn't in sync yet. And I, I think he was better than his grade in that, or he was better than his performance in his box score numbers. His grade was better in that game because, you know, some of his better plays were dropped. Um, and that was the story in, in week two as well. Like his numbers weren't great, but he had two clear touchdowns dropped. He had another third um, deep bomb clang off the face of his intended receiver. Like Brady, I think, has been playing significantly better this season than the numbers suggest. And that offense, I think, has shown some. Um, evolution between weeks one and two. If they continue to take these baby steps over the course of the year, I think that offense could be cooking by the end of the season. Give me a quarterback we're not talking about that we should be watching right now. Uh, Quarterback that we're not talking about that we should be watching. Jared Goff is grading really well through two games, and that Rams offensive line is good enough, again, that he can be adding value and actually being a good quarterback on top of it. When that line collapsed a year ago the entire team had no shot it was just a disastrous performance 
it's taken a big step forward in the offseason. It's back to being a decent platform. And suddenly, when you give Jared Goff that, he can make those throws and add value on top of that system. 60 seconds. Are you buying into Josh Allen? Um, I'm certainly buying into the fact that he's developed and he's getting better. Um, he's shown really remarkable, consistent improvement every, his entire NFL career. He's getting better across the board um, and in the things that he's struggling at as well. But I'm not buying that he's been as good as his numbers have been so far through two weeks. I think he's been uh, the beneficiary of some you know wild quirks of, of stats. But, yeah, I, I think he's definitely improved, and he could be a top-tier quarterback this year. 30 seconds. Would he be as good as he is right now had Cleveland or the Jets drafted him back in 2018? No, no shot. I mean, that's the, the untold story is how incredibly well the Bills have built this team around him. It didn't look like a great situation when he got there, but wow, they turned it into one pretty quickly. Sam, you're a good dude. We thank you so much for the time. You're one of the best. Take care, buddy. Thanks for having me, guys. Take it easy. Sam Monson, Pro Football Focus. Follow him on Twitter at PFF underscore Sam. Yeah, I've been, there's been times I've been crossed with Pro Football Focus. I ain't going to lie. There's times where, and, and part of that reason, I'll, explain, I'll probably have to explain on the other side, Part of that reason is just where I'm from and how things have been over the last 20 years from where I'm from. But Sam's good at that stuff, man, and he knows it. And he says Drew Brees is in trouble. The Taysom Hill, I, I need to see. I, I'm like Philip Seymour Hoffman in Red Dragon. I'd love to know more because they say he's fantastic, and I'm going, what is going on down there? Top five comes up at 1120 a.m. Eastern. Also, it's going to take two good coaching jobs of either of these guys want to ride off into the subset. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.